More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Today on More to Life, losing it. Is anger a problem for you or someone you care about? Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body uh, reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical. Theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Welcome back, folks. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, we're talking about anger on our show titled Losing It. Is anger a problem for you or someone in your life? Let us help. The number is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Are you struggling with anger or angry people in your life? Maybe someone's getting under your skin and making it hard not to lash out at them. Maybe the anger you feel around a particular person, whether it's your spouse One of your kids, a parent, or an extended family member, or a friend, causes you to say or do things you regret. Or maybe you're tired of someone taking their anger out on you. Whatever the situation, let us help you find grace-filled ways to handle the anger you feel and the angry people you have to deal with. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. You know, we're going to be unpacking throughout the program what are healthy ways to express anger versus unhealthy ways. Um, and, you know, there was a study recently um, published by the American Psychological Association that, that, that looked at the positive uses of anger. And this is actually, you might be surprised to know, um, something that Christians have taught for a very, very long time. You know, we, we often hear that um, anger is a sin, and of course wrath is a sin, but that's different from regular anger. And we, as Christians, recognize that, that there is a godly purpose to anger if it's, ex- if it's expressed appropriately. And we're going to talk about what that means throughout the show. But more often than not, we experience anger as problematic, let's just say. Whether we are uh, the people who are kind of losing it uh, and letting other people or situations get under our skin and then causing us to do or say things that we might regret, or if somebody's taking their anger out on us and we're really struggling to deal with that person in a healthy and holy way. It's challenging, and we want to help you manage both your own anger, the people that make you angry, or the angry people who are taking it out on you. Give us a call. Let's work together at 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877 
573-7825. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body. Uh, and for folks who aren't aware of what that is, um, St. John Paul gave a series of reflections on how, by prayerfully reflecting on God's creation, we can begin to understand a lot about God's plan for living a more joyful, abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships. You know, we have a tendency to have this complicated relationship with our emotions as Christians, especially anger. But the theology of the body reminds us that our body, which includes our emotions, because emotions begin as an embodied experience, were designed by God to work for our good and the good of others. Now, as I mentioned, you know, Christians often think that being angry itself is sinful, but that's not true. Whether our anger is sinful or not has a whole lot more to do with how we express it than the fact that we feel it. In fact, St. John Chrysostom, a doctor of the church, once said, quote, He who is not angry when he has good reason to be, sins. Unreasonable patience is the hotbed of many vices. It fosters negligence and incites not only the wicked, but the good to do wrong. I don't know how many of you have heard that quote, or even kind of see, heard that spin on the Christian understanding of anger. But it's, 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 it catches a lot of people by surprise. Well, you know, reflecting on this kind of shows us that anger is meant to be a gift that calls our attention to an injustice and motivates us to act in proportionate, appropriate, and productive ways so that we can heal whatever that injustice might be. Now, if we can do that, then our anger is righteous, and it's guided by the Holy Spirit. But, by contrast, the sin of wrath is anger that leads to an inappropriate, disproportionate, or unproductive response. So, being angry isn't a sin, but letting our anger cause us to pour gas on a fire is. Right. So, it's, it can be difficult to respond to a perceived injustice in an appropriate, proportionate, and productive way all on our own. So, in order for anger to fulfill its godly purpose, we've got to stop treating it as a call to arms. Right? Instead, we need to see anger as a call to prayer and discernment that allows us to determine the nature of the injustice that God is calling our attention to and identify the graceful response God wants us to make to it. So, let's talk about that today on More to Life. Are you struggling with anger or angry people in your life? Maybe someone's getting under your skin and making it hard for you to not lash out at them. And maybe it surprises you. You know, it, it, maybe it's one of your kids, whether they're a little or a teenager or an adult kid. Maybe it's your spouse. Could be a parent or extended family member or a friend. Really, anybody can provoke us at any time. Uh, and we end up saying and doing things that we kind of regret later, but have a hard time controlling in the moment. Or maybe we're ti- you're tired of, of somebody taking out their anger on you. And you just don't know how to take down that emotional temperature, get them to stop seeing you as the enemy, um, stop reacting to you and blaming you like everything's your fault, even when they're stomping around and yelling and screaming at the top of their lungs. Whatever the situation is, we want to help you find grace-filled ways to to handle the anger you feel and more gracefully manage the angry people that you have to deal with. Again, that number is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825.
25. Or perhaps you heard that you know, quote that, that Craig just spoke about from St. John, who was saying that unreasonable patience is a hotbed of many vices. It fosters negligence and incites not only the wicked, but the good to do wrong. How many of us have been told that patience, a docile attitude, is the Christian thing? But we have a not completely informed idea of what that means and then by trying to always put that on as almost an exterior garment we end up fostering feelings in ourselves of anger or depression or or a lot of things that are unhealthy for us but also we haven't done those corporal and spiritual works of mercy of actually, you know, admonishing the sinner and counseling the people who need counseling in terms of their behavior is beneath them and beneath us but we think we should just be passive about it while St. John Chrysostom is reminding us no, that's not necessarily the holy way to go we need to really discern that discern it well and know what we should be doing when we're feeling that sense of anger. So whatever the situation is, whether you are experiencing the anger and not sure how to handle it gracefully, or dealing with somebody else's anger and it's complicating your life in some way, we want to help you have a healthy and holy relationship with anger in all of its forms. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord. We'll start taking your calls. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come into your presence and we bring to you all those situations where we have to deal with anger, whether our own or others. And Lord, your servant St. John Chrysostom reminds us that it isn't the fact that we are angry or that someone is angry that's the problem. It's the way we express it. So we ask you now to help us to have a healthy and holy relationship with anger. That when we're feeling angry, to not use that as a call to arms, but rather as a call to prayer. To bring that situation to you and ask you to help us to identify the problem, to identify possible solutions to the problem, to identify ways to respond to that problem that are appropriate, productive, and proportionate. And when others are angry at us, Help us bring that to you and have your Holy Spirit lead us to those proportionate, appropriate, and productive responses. Help us, Lord, to avoid pouring gas on the fire, but instead being instruments of peace that address problems directly, work through those problems gracefully, and build your kingdom in all that we do. We ask all this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary and in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, the show is titled Losing It as we talk about the problem of anger. Again, you know, anger isn't a sin because we feel it. It becomes sinful if we express it in ways that are inappropriate, disproportionate, and, product- and, in- and unproductive excuse me, to the problem that we're facing. But it's sometimes difficult to know how to uh, express anger in a proportionate, appropriate, or productive way. Or deal with somebody who is just sort of lashing out at us without regard for how it's affecting us. Or, really, for that matter... Um, Affecting them. So give us a call. Let's talk it out. 877 573 7825. That's 877 573 
7825. Let's talk now with Helen, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Pennsylvania on Sirius XM 130. Hi, Helen. Welcome to More to Life. What's your question for us? Good morning. Um, I am uh, currently doing... Can you hear me? Yes, what's your question? Can you hear me? Okay. Um, I'm doing some deep work into um, myself through spiritual direction and therapy. And Mm -hmm. uh, one of the understandings I have of anger is that it's kind of rooted in frustration and impotence. And while a lot of people express that outwardly by lashing out at others, uh, another alternative that, to that is to turn that anger inwards, and that's where mm-hmm. the depression and anxiety come from. Um, sure. What? How can we address anger that's directed mm-hmm. inwards uh, in a, a better way? Because I know that 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 my actions through depression, my depression, can have equally bad impacts on others in my relationships. Mm-hmm. Okay. I understand your question. So um, it's, it's the same in either case, whether we direct our anger at other people or we direct our anger at ourselves. Um, the answer is the same. It's, it's, it's righteous anger if it leads to a proportionate, appropriate, and productive response to the problem. It's the sin of wrath if it leads to an inappropriate, disproportionate, or unproductive response. So when we get angry at ourselves, um, if it motiv- if I say, you know, Greg, you really blew that, and you need to do better, and let's make a plan for making that right, and, and apologizing to that person, and, um, you know, taking steps to heal the damage. You know, I, that anger that I'm directing at myself is appropriate and proportionate and productive. It's leading me to, to make a plan for improving the situation. Okay, but if I'm just beating up on myself, ah, oh, Greg, you blew it again. What's wrong with you? How come you can't get anything right? Why do you keep screwing this up like this? That, that's not productive, and it's not proportionate or appropriate. Right, and so that's me expressing the sin of wrath toward myself. So the, the key here, it's not it's not a matter of, of you know, anger objectively is rooted in seeing some kind of injustice. You know, either somebody or I did something that we shouldn't have or didn't do something we should. And so we feel some anger about that. And that's okay. It's okay to have that anger. The question is, how do we express that anger then in an appropriate and proportionate and productive way? So, Helen, when you get angry with yourself, you know, and you're talking, you're absolutely right when you say that that anger turned inward, um, at least in in an inappropriate, disproportionate and productive way, in an unproductive way, leads to depression or anxiety because it makes us feel impotent. It makes us feel powerless and stuck. And then we just react to things. The key here, though, is is, uh, in every situation, there's always something we can do. You know, that that sense of impotence, uh, that sense of powerlessness in the face of our problems or our own failings is is a lie from from Satan. It's a desolation, as St. Ignatius of Loyola would put it, um, that leads us away from God, separates us from his grace, and makes it harder for us to be the person God's calling us to be. So in those situations, what we really need to do is ask two questions. First of all, you know, if I'm identifying something that I'm angry about that I've done or didn't do, what's one small step I could take right now to address that problem in a, in a better way? What's one tiny thing I could do to make even a small difference in that situation to either you know, make amends, to make it right, to learn that skill, to do something that would make it even a teeny tiny bit better? 
right? Because it's all about efficacy. It's all about my ability to do something that begins to challenge that, that, that sense of powerlessness. If there's nothing I can see that I can do right now, then the second question I could ask myself is, what's one small thing I could do to help make myself feel better? about that situation. So for example, maybe I need to talk to somebody. Maybe I need to pray about it. Maybe I need to reflect on God's mercy and his forgiveness for for all the things, you know, all the times that I've messed things up in the past and received that experience of God's love or forgiveness. And, And I need to sit in that and remind myself that even though I'm far from perfect, God still loves me and he's placed good people in my life or he's given me blessings to really show me that he loves me. The, the point is, I, whenever I'm, instead of beating up on myself for having made that mistake or not done the thing I should have done, um, I want to allow that anger that I feel to motivate me to make an appropriate, proportionate, and productive plan. So I either identify some tiny, small step that I could take to begin working through the thing that I'm mad at myself about, or if there's nothing immediately that I can do about it, then I, then I, then I say, well, what can I do to help myself feel a little bit better about this so that by taking down my emotional attempt, my, my emotional temperature and recharging my batteries a bit, I might have more mental bandwidth to think through what I could do about it as time goes by, or to even forgive myself if there isn't anything that can be done. And of course, while you're doing this great work, Helen, of working both spiritually and psychologically with people who can really help you through this... Really let them know what you heard here today, that you want to focus on what those things are that you can do to make a difference. It's great to go back and kind of, you know, see what may have caused it, really look at, you know, what it's teaching you spiritually, but you will truly make more progress, even spiritually, if you're always tapped into what the Holy Spirit is asking you to do next, the next small step you can take, because... When the Holy Spirit answers us that question, it always has something to do with helping us grow in the virtues that the Holy Spirit needs to strengthen us in so that we can be more like Christ. So really, you know, talking to the people that you're working with, the professionals that you're working with, and saying, I want to stay on track this way. We can do all the other exercises you're asking me to do, but can we please focus on What are the next steps that can happen here so I can feel that sense of effectiveness and that sense of the Holy Spirit working in me? Helen, thank you so much for your question. Really, really thoughtful question. I appreciate it. It's a great way to kick off the show. And if there's more we can do to support you, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Um, You mentioned, you know, anxiety. I actually have a book, um, Unworried, Life Without Anxiety, which talks about many of the things I shared with you um, and and how these desolations and the anger that we turn in toward ourselves can impact, you know, know our, our emotional well-being uh, I think that if you're looking for a way to follow up with the things that we've shared with you on air um, unworried a life without anxiety would be a great book for you um, even though again it focuses on anxiety on anxiety per se uh, as you mentioned part of that comes from the anger that we feel of, about ourselves and the powerlessness that we experience in that se- in the presence of that anger and how can we respond to that gracefully that's a big part of learning how to overcome anxiety so check it out unworried a life without anxiety it's available at catholiccounselors.com or wherever books are sold. With that, we have to go to break. When we come back, we're continuing to take your calls about losing it. Those times when anger is a problem, either for you or someone in your life, whether you're the person who 
kind of has a hard time keeping a lid on it and expressing your anger appropriately. Um, or you're the person who's receiving somebody else's anger, and you're kind of tired of being on the receiving end of all that. We are here to help you develop a gr- more graceful relationship with anger and the angry people in your life. Give us a call. The number is 877 877- Five seven three seven eight two five. Again, that's eight seven seven five seven three seventy eight twenty five. More to life. We'll continue with your questions coming up right after the break. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. The church has a very high view of conscience. It's, I think it was St. John Henry Newman who called conscience the aboriginal vicar of Christ. Catechism reads this way on conscience. The interior voice of a human being within whose heart the inner law of God is inscribed. Moral conscience is a judgment of practical reason about the moral quality of a human action. It moves a person at the appropriate moment to do good and to avoid evil. It offers some suggestions of the Ten Commandments, the moral teachings of Jesus in the Gospels, the moral teachings of St. Paul. All these things are used as a measure of how well we're doing. It is then up to the Catholic to take a look at the teaching of the Church and to see if, in fact, they are in proper communion. The idea that you can dispense with the objective moral teachings of the Church in favor of personalized conscience is lawless and anarchic. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays from 4 to 6 on Ave Maria Radio and AveMariaRadio.net. Hi, Vanessa Denhagarmo here, inviting you to tune into Epiphany. We're made to praise God and celebrate our faith. I want to encourage listeners to connect, communicate, and collaborate with the faith community. Life is a journey, and along the way we have those Epiphany moments that bring us closer to Christ. Please partner with me and celebrate the diversity of our Catholic Church. Epiphany, weekdays at noon, only on Ave Maria Radio. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And today's show is titled Losing It. We talk about anger. You know, this is, of course, the feast day of St. Nicholas. And uh, there is a, a story. It's, it's not a true story, but it is. A, there's a story about how St. Nicholas punched out Arius <laughs> and the Council of Nicaea uh, for the Arian heresy. And uh, as I said, it's, it's, it's not true, but it certainly does point to the fact that even saints can get angry. <laughs> and if you are feeling angry or uh, dealing with somebody who has taken their anger out on you, we want to help you develop a more grace-filled relationship with anger. The number is 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Margaret, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Pennsylvania on the Stations of the Cross. Hi, Margaret. Welcome to More to Life. What can we do for you? Good morning. Yesterday, I... Um I lost it with two boys. I work at an after-school program, and these two boys um, many times are unruly, but I, in the beginning, said to myself, I was not going to lose control. I'm going to take the higher road with children, and for the most part, 
I would talk to them. I'd be able to get them and talk to them, um, sometimes hug them, give a 20-second hug to calm their feelings down, find out why they're acting out. Well, yesterday, there are two boys, and they were on a timeout, and the one adult said that they could get off because the one little boy was crying. And immediately, these, these two boys seemed to click together. They went over to these other little boys that were playing well. They started um, kicking their their cards and stepping on stuff and I was yelling their names and I said stop please stop that you know stop and um, they wouldn't stop I would lift raise my voice and I started to go over to them and as soon as I go over to them they see me coming they're off as fast as can be and I was trying to grab them couldn't grab them couldn't get a hold of them um, there are so many other children there and they just would not listen and I was so frustrated I yelled at the top of my lungs which is so out of character and I know that there were other parents picking up their children and they finally looked at me after I raised my voice to the top of my lungs and I said please do not do that that is not your um, those are not your toys they were playing well and um, I said you know you have to stop and we were going in at that time but I had to lose control before they would listen. And now this happens. They're always on, you know, sitting on the bench. But I just feel terrible that I raised my voice. I was so upset with myself. I went to the other adult and I said, I'm so sorry that I lost control like that. Nobody even knew that I lost control. It's like there's chaos mm -hmm. going on. But I felt bad in my heart that I, I yelled at these kids. And I went up to the kids and I said, I hated to yell like that. And they're just looking at me and... But what could I have done differently? Okay. Yeah, well, you know, it's a beautiful question. Um, it is a lovely question. And I, I want to start with one thing, and then I just want to ask you to just hang with us over our break so we can really unpack what you can be doing differently to be effective. But I really feel what you're feeling in your heart, Margaret. And when I, when I got out of, when I was in college, I was an education major. And my very first student-teacher supervisor gave me the best advice on my first day that I've ever gotten, and I've used it with my own children, I've used it with everything. She said, never yell, because once you do, you have nowhere else to go as a teacher. And so... I think Margaret realized yes, that's the question but it's, what it's, to do instead, Exactly, right? which allowed me to then work with her and say, all right, if I'm never going to yell, and you're never going to yell again... What can you do differently to have effective classroom management skills, even in an after-school program where kids are overwhelmed and exhausted? This is our short segment, so I'm going to ask you to hang on over the break, Margaret, because I do have a couple of follow-up questions for you, so please stick around, okay? Uh, and I'll ask you those questions, and then we'll offer some thoughts on what, what you can do differently when this situation occurs again, because you know it's going to happen again. And we're taking your calls, listeners, about anger, whether it's your own anger or somebody taking their anger out on you. Let's talk about graceful ways to handle it. 877-573-7825. Back in a minute. When you enter Colasanti's Market and Snook's Butcher Shop in Highland, you are greeted by friendly staff and surrounded by the sumptuous aroma of fresh meats, poultry, and seafood. Their impressive selection includes Piedmontese beef, in-house smoked sausage and jerky, and fresh fish and shellfish flown in three times a week. Visit colasantis.com. That's C-O-L-A-S-A-N-T-I-S. 
A-N-T-I-S dot com or call 248-887-3205. I produced a live show broadcasted on a social media site on getting organized and the importance of decluttering. There's so much chaos and confusion around us and sometimes we need to purge. Order in life has a direct impact on our faith. God created order from the beginning and we see God's desire for order throughout scripture. In Corinthians it reads, for God is not a God of confusion but of peace. And it also reads, but all things should be done decently and in order. Getting our life in order both physically and spiritually is critical for our faith journey. In Timothy it reads, for if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? One year, my word of the year was organized, but you don't have to wait for the new year to start getting organized. I focused on that word all year round, and by decluttering my home, I gained clarity in my life. This has been a Christ Center communication message. I'm Vanessa Denhagarmo, a communications evangelist and host of Epiphany. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck. And I'm Lisa Popcheck. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Hi, I'm Lisa Popcheck. Do you want to influence your adult kids? Make sure that the relationship you have is deep enough to contain the conversations you're trying to have. Sometimes a relationship, though pleasant, can be too small to comfortably fit the big questions we want to discuss. Trying to have deep conversations in a shallow relationship is like buying a couch that's twice as big as your living room. It might be a great couch, but trying to make it fit is going to be awkward at best. This is why it's so important to work harder on your relationship with your adult kids than on the things you want to say to them. The more you focus on building a deep and loving relationship with your adult kids, the more likely they'll be to accept you as a mentor. To learn more, check out our book, Having Meaningful, Sometimes Difficult Conversations with Your Adult Sons and Daughters, or visit CatholicCounselors.com. Folks, you're listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today's show is titled Losing It. We talk about anger, either our own or times when others direct their anger at us. How do we handle anger gracefully? How do we express our anger appropriately? How do we deal with other people's anger in a way that enables us to diffuse situations and move through those situations instead of forcing us to become reactive in those situations. 877-573-7825. If you'd like better ways to handle your own anger or manage someone else's, let's talk it out. 877-573-7825. 
888-528-2425. Before the break, we were talking with Margaret from Pennsylvania, listening on Stations of the Cross. She was sharing that she works at a Catholic after-school program, and yesterday there were two kindergarten boys who were just causing all kinds of havoc. Uh, they were being disruptive. They were uh, breaking some of their uh, other kids' toys. They were just you know causing problems, and they weren't listening. Uh, so another adult who was a supervisor at the program put them in timeout, but then let them back out, and they started getting crazy again, and Margaret tried to get their attention, and they ran away from her, and she ended up losing her cool and yelling at them both. And She feels badly about that, would like to know how to handle it differently. Margaret, are you still with us? Yes, I am. Thank you. Was that a fair summary of, of the situation? Perfect. Okay. Uh, the, one, the first question I have to ask is, does, does the after-school program have any kind of behavior system in place? Like, do they have, the, you know, kind of a, a system for managing, where it's just, you know, everybody's just kind of doing their thing? No, there is a system, and there is a young man that heads everything, and he is so in control. These kids listen to him. When I say, do you want me to call, I'll call him Jason, and, and they say, no, no, no. So there are protocols. Um, but okay. yesterday was one of those. Yes, go ahead. <clears throat> Oh, no, no, no. Go, go ahead. Yesterday was one of those days when what? Um, there just wasn't enough adults per child ratio. And um, mm-hmm. it, it, was, it just, these two boys, I, I, mm-hmm. a lot of times I'll try to get them to play outside with a, um, a ball or have them off on their own. But what they were doing is they were going into areas where there were kids playing well together. Everything was calm, and they just went in. And disrupting like, it. Two thunderstorms and yeah. disrupted everything. Sure. No, I get you. Well, all right. So, so I mean, I, I think it's important. You know, the reason I asked about the if there's a behavior system in place, I, I don't want to say anything that would, would go against that. And so I think, you know, it's important to make sure that you're talking with uh, the gentleman who's in charge of this and seeing what are the best ways to handle these situations should they come up within the system that the, the, the after-school program has developed. That said, I can throw out some, some general suggestions for how to manage this behavior in the future. I will say this, and I realize that, that I'm reading into the situation a bit. I might not have all the facts, um, but when, when children act this way, you know, they, they, we have a tendency to just sort of say, well, it's the kid. You know, the kid is out of control. The kid. When kids act this way, it's usually a sign that they um, don't get a lot of structure or positive attention at home. And this behavior um, is a way of, it's called emerging behavior. When, when I act out, it forces the grown-ups around me to come and pay attention to me. Uh, and, and so the more negative attention they get, the more it actually rewards the behavior. Uh, and so I want you to know that going in, because the best way to kind of set this situation up is to start the, uh, the day with them. Like, don't just let them kind of run around. Call them and, and then go give them attention when they mess up. Call them over to you at the start of the after-school program and say, hey, guys, I want us to have a successful time today. So let's talk about some things that you can do. What might you? What would you like to play? Let's. Um, and and you know you you really sort of give them that positive attention up front and help them think through positive ways to engage with their peers or positive games to play. You might even set them up with something. Like you said, sometimes you you would set them up and have them play separately with a ball or whatever, and those situations go better. 
and they go better because of the positive attention they've gotten up front to help them figure out how to navigate this loud, noisy place. Kids without a lot of structure or a lot of positive attention, uh, attention at home especially, they tend to um, spin out the more noise that's around them. And so they really need grown-ups' help to help them self-regulate enough and think through, how am I going to interact with this environment in a positive and healthy way? So you want to start by, by collect what's called collecting, where you just kind of give them a little bit of affection and say, oh, I'm so glad you guys are here. I'm so glad that, that we, you know, that, that uh, I get to see you today. Let's talk about some ways to have a successful time today and really play well. And to even ask them in that moment, hey, what do you need today? You know, you, you've had a long day at school. What do you need? Do you need, and then list like three or four of the things that are available for them. You know, do you need to just be able to sit and, and look at some books for a little while? I know they can't completely read yet, but if you have books there. You know, do you need to be outside with a ball? Do you need, fill it, let them each fill it in. Because then they're thinking of what they need in order to have a more peaceful, successful time. What do you need to help you feel good this and afternoon? And you know, of course, they're kindergartners, so they're not going to be able to have well-developed answers to that question. So you might want to ask them more directly, was today a good day or a hard day? You know, was it a fun day or a, or a difficult day? And then you have certain suggestions. Like for difficult days, you have suggestions for quieter activities that they could do. Well, you know what? I'm sorry it was such a difficult day. Let's, let's have some reading time together. Sit with me and I'll read you a story. Or let's have some time doing this quieter activity, the coloring activity. Or this, oh, it was a fun day? Great. Well, let's, let's, let's hear some things that you could do that would be more structured and fun. All right, so you start with that. Um, you mentioned that somebody put them in timeout but then let them out because one of them was crying. Yeah. I, that's, that's horrible. Uh, so, look, when we use timeouts, uh, timeouts, you don't put a kid in a timeout and then just let them out when, when the time is up. Um, you, a timeout is meant to be a place where you get the kid to be calm enough where they can be taught what to do differently. So at the end of that time, what's, in order to get out of timeout, a kid needs to, number one, be able to tell you what they did wrong. Number two, give you a sincere apology for what they did. Number three, either tell you or work with you to figure out what they could have done differently, how they could have managed that situation better. And then number four, role play it. Actually practice doing the healthy thing, the, the, the more appropriate thing instead. When a kid's ready to do those four things, then they're ready to come out. But most often what happens is that parents and uh, educators or, or, or caretakers will, will say, okay, well, you did your time, now you can get out. And the kid hasn't learned anything. They haven't actually calmed down. They're just as crazy as they were when you put them in timeout. And then, and then we were like, well, why are they being so off, off the charts? Because we didn't do anything to actually help them learn how to manage that situation better. So, to re-regulate and actually get new skills. You might want to share that information with the rest of the team about how to handle timeouts more effectively because the way that you described it was being done is completely useless. In fact, it's it's destructive. Uh, it actually rewards the bad behavior. Um, if those things aren't working and they are actually misbehaving, that's when you know you want to you want to collect them again. I mean, I mean what? And, and let them run away. All right. If they if they, if you chase after them and they run away from you, that's okay. Let them go. They're, they they you stop the immediate problem, right? They're they're not uh, being 
destructive anymore. They've run away. Keep an eye on them. Just stand there, be still, and watch them. You know, give them the look, right? And, and when they realize they're not going to be chased, then they'll start coming back to you. The, the, the reason I, again, this, this behavior, this, this running away thing, that's why I started this by saying these are kids who don't have a lot of structure or attention at home because they've figured out unhealthy negative ways to get grown-ups' attention. And getting you to chase after them or getting you to yell at them is, is how they've learned to get that grown-up attention. So if you don't chase them and you just sort of stare at them, give them a few minutes. Eventually they'll come a little bit closer and then you you go to them and say okay guys you seem like you're having a really hard time and i'm really sorry you're having a hard time playing well with everybody else let's figure out something we can do together that would help us have a good time here and then you do an activity with them and i realize that there are lots of other kids there and there you know but but that's still it's still better for you to, to to get that time with them and show them healthy and appropriate ways to spend that time otherwise they're just going to cause havoc yeah. the rest of the time and, anyway and you can even say you're having you know quiet reading time with them you can say in a very quiet voice okay anybody else who needs some quiet time right now and wants to hear this book if you come and sit quietly in our circle you can be part of it but make sure those two boys are sitting closest to you because you are then reinforcing if you are calm you can be closer to me and get the attention you need so it's not that you just all of a sudden have to be you know the one to two ratio adult in a room that doesn't have enough adults you're restructuring that I would seriously talk to this man who's got it all together and ask him to kind of have a staff meeting. I don't know if you're all volunteers or you're all staff, but to have a meeting and come up with structure to the after-school program. Too many after-school programs are just there to keep kids alive until their parents can pick them up. But if you have, you know, different centers where they can play together, they can be read to, they can be outside with supervision, these things, but not just assign kids to it, Really asking them that day, hey, how was your day? What do you need to feel good yeah, while so you're here? You have here? a story circle, and you have a coloring table, and then you have a, a you know a, you have a thing where you, there's an actual game that's being monitored that they yeah. participate in. When you have sort of Lord of the Flies free for all after school care, oh my gosh, it's chaos for all the adults, and it's a horror show for the kids. And then you hand them off to their parents, and their parents get a dysregulated kid, and the whole thing is just a vicious circle of unhappiness. So you know th- there there are some things to discuss, but I hope that that these suggestions were will help you have a more successful experience in the future um, and also something to share with the rest of the team. In fact, if you'd like, you can download the podcast today uh, and share um, our response with uh, anybody else who would be interested who works in the after-school program. That's a great idea. Get some good tips there. But I want to say before we let you go, Kathy, thank you for doing that work. There are so many, 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 many households right now where both parents desperately have to be working and they need a safe, healthy, and yes, in your case, holier place for their children to be safe while they are having to work. It is a ministry what you're doing, and really I'm grateful that you're providing that for the children that you're caring for. Thank you, Margaret. God bless. We are taking your calls today about anger on More to Life. The show is titled Losing It. And whether you are struggling with your own reactions to someone or a situation and it's causing you to lash out, say or do things that you regret, or you are the person who's on the receiving end of somebody else's anger and you're not sure how to manage it, we are here for you. Give us a call at 877 573 
877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Before I forget, I want to make sure that I'm giving our congratulations to another member of the EWTN Radio family. St. Jude Catholic Church in Mansfield, Texas is celebrating nine years with EWTN Radio. Congratulations to Joel Rodriguez and everyone at KYRE in Mansfield, Texas, and your friends at EWTN Radio. And folks, wherever you're tuning in to EWTN Radio, make sure that you are supporting your local EWTN Radio station so that we can keep supporting you, encouraging you, and helping you have the resources that you need to live a more faithful and abundant life. Keep uh, your local station in your prayers, and please support them with your dollars as well. Well, as we head out to our break, it's time for our scripture of the day, which comes to us from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. Be angry, but do not sin. There you go. St. Paul kind of backing up what we were sharing earlier from St. John Chrysostom. Being angry isn't the problem. It's the way we express the anger. And in fact, again, as St. John Chrysostom said, sometimes if we have a cause to be angry and we're not, that could be sinful too. Because it leads us to do nothing when something when we should be doing something that's proportionate and appropriate and productive. Here St. Paul is reminding us in Ephesians that it's okay to be angry in the face of an injustice, to be angry about a problem, to be angry about something that we either did or didn't do, but should have. But we need to bring that anger to God and ask him to teach us how to respond to that anger in appropriate, proportionate, and productive ways so that we can heal the injustice. That is the biggest thing, bringing it to God, getting good counsel as well on what you should do with that anger. You know, all over Scripture we see these very odd scenarios of anger, and sometimes they're the right thing, and sometimes they're surprisingly not. So you see even Jesus knocking over the tables and you know, using a whip against the money changers in the temple. His righteous his anger was righteous. But then you see Peter when they're coming to take Jesus away, pulling out a sword, cutting off his the ear of, of the, you know, soldier and Jesus is like, No, no, get behind me, Satan. Now, if I were there and I wanted to defend Jesus, that would probably seem like a righteous thing to do. But there's Jesus saying, No, 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 that's not the right thing to do in this circumstance. Nobody asked Jesus what they should do in this circumstance. So the point is, take it to prayer, talk to the Lord. Get good counsel as well when you're dealing with anger in your life so that your anger serves God, the other person, and yes, even you in a way that's holy and effective. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. We're taking up questions about your anger and other people's anger and how to manage it all gracefully. Stick around for your questions coming up on More to Life. The Heart of the Interior Life with Elizabeth Jingle. In St. Ignatius of Loyola's 14 Rules for the Discernment of Spirits, the fourth rule highlights the characteristics of spiritual desolation. One of those aspects of spiritual desolation is disquiet from various agitations and temptations. Agitating movements of the heart, temptations, and the disquiet are indications a person is experiencing spiritual desolation. Father Timothy Gallagher writes, Here Ignatius pinpoints a further trait of spiritual desolation. Within the heaviness of the desolation, the person experiences a restless flow of agitating movements mixed with temptations that disquiet the person. 
If you have experienced this aspect of spiritual desolation, identifying it, understanding that it comes from the enemy, and rejecting it will hasten the return of interior peace. For more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. What do we mean when we ask our Heavenly Father not to lead us into temptation? Is it possible for God to tempt us? It is not, asserts the Catholic Catechism. God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. Translating from the Greek verb to a single English verb is the difficulty. The Greek verb means we are asking God not to allow us to take the way that leads us to sin. This petition addresses the battle between flesh and the spirit, imploring the spirit of discernment and truth. With the Holy Spirit, we can discern between trials which are necessary for our growth and temptations which lead to sin and death. Discernment also entails distinguishing between being tempted and consenting to temptation. It unmasks the lie of temptation which makes the object look desirable when in fact its fruit is death. God will never allow us to be tempted beyond our strength, says St. Paul. The battle, however, can only be won by prayer. This is Peggy Stanton and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Today our show is titled Losing It as we talk about anger, either our own anger that causes us to lash out and do or say things that we regret, or the anger of other people that's directed at us and we're just tired of dealing with it. If you are struggling with anger or angry people, let us help. 877 573-7825 573-7825 or of course if you'd like to send your questions because you're listening via podcast you can always email your questions to us to questions at more to life radio.com that's with the number two questions at more to life at radio more to life radio.com sorry say that one more time yeah maybe I should yeah. questions at more to life radio.com there we go All right, with that let's go ahead to the next caller let's please. do that let's talk now with <laughs> Kathy who's listening to EWTN radio in Ohio on St. Gabriel radio hi Kathy welcome to more to life what's going on hi thank you for taking my call sure um, I had a situation last night I had a situation last night with my mom that I'm just really not proud of uh, how I acted. Um, She was telling me upon her death she's going to be giving my um, sibling her house um, and not dividing it between him and myself. Um, And I was just, I laughed out and I'm not proud of it because this is a pattern of behavior. He's made lots of poor choices, and she's enabled him um, the majority of his life and, you know, issues with lots of substance and that type of thing. And it just it just struck me wrong. I felt a huge injustice um, that my feelings aren't being heard, that I've been kind of slighted. And I don't like that about myself. Um, and I, I 
it's ultimately her decision, and I, I respect that, but it just it kind of hurt me. Um, I am meeting with her today at one thirty to just kind of... What was the most hurtful about thing about it? it? Was it was it that you were... Was it, was it that she is, quote-unquote, helping your brother in a way that's not particularly helpful and just, you know, continues to enable his bad behavior? Uh, was it... Or was it more that, that, that she is not acknowledging... Um, the good that you are doing for her, or the you know, the choices that you're making. What what is the hardest part of this for you? Both, both, it's both of those that she's enabled bad behavior, and that my hard work and dedication and perseverance is just pushed aside. Um, I just feel like I'm not heard. I feel like the squeaky wheel gets the grease, and I'm not the squeaky wheel. Mm-hmm. So therefore. Um, her time and attention. I'm 51 years old. This is pretty ridiculous. But her time and attention. It's not. Most no, it's not. It's it's not. I mean, do you, um, let me just ask you this, do, and I'll explain why it's not in just a second. Do you have other people in your life who 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 love you and who really see you and can affirm the good that you do? Yes. My husband, yes, okay. 100%. Okay, good. I'm glad for that. So here's the thing. It's not silly because we, we, we never stop wanting our parents' approval and, the, and, our, and our parents' love. And we never stop wanting our parents to acknowledge the good that we've done. On top of that, the fact that, the fact that your mom is behaving in a way that's, that's unhelpful to her, to her, other, her, her son and, and your brother, you know, right? And, and you can see that what she's doing is actually destructive. You know, when there's, a, there, there, there's unfortunately a lot of people think that, you know, um, I should just give indiscriminately to another person. As long as I'm generous to someone, they will just fall into that in a grace-filled way and straighten themselves out. Um, but, you know, St. John Paul talks about love and responsibility. In other words, we have to love in a way that actually works for the good of another person. And sometimes that means being generous, and other times that means setting boundaries. And your mom doesn't know the difference. And, you know, I don't really know her history at all, of course, but it's clear to me that, that your mom has learned that um, if a person is struggling, then they're the person who should get all the help and all the ge- attention and all the generosity. And if a person's doing well, then they're fine. They, they, they can just leave them alone. Um, and and that's what you're dealing with. You know, it's it's not that your mom can't recognize that you're doing well. It's that she doesn't know how to acknowledge that, right? And and so that part of her that can give appropriate affirmation to a healthy child who is doing good choices, making good choices, she doesn't know how to do it. It's not about you. And it's easy to think that it is. It's easy to think, you know, what is it going to take for me to get my mom to recognize that that I I'm the I'm the good kid. You know, I'm I'm the one who's living a healthy life and making good choices and working hard to try to take care of her and, and not make her life more difficult. What's it going to take? And you can feel silly and guilty for that, but you don't have to because we all want that acknowledgement from our parents. Um, that said, you're probably never going to get it. Uh, and I know that that's hard to hear, but it's true. It's not because you're not good enough. It's not because you're not lovable enough. It's not because you you haven't made enough of the right choices. It's because your mom doesn't has a, has a wounded sense of what it means to be loving. And she doesn't know how to affirm good choices. She only knows how to swoop in and try to clean up the messes of people who are making a mess of their life. That's what she learned love is. And it's a very unhealthy approach to love. She learned it before you came on the scene. And there's nothing you can do to change it. The the reason I asked, do you have people in your life who really see you for who you are and can affirm the goodness that you've done and, and and, and, and what a good person and lovable person you are, is because I want you to lean into that relationship and focus on that 
being the place where you're going to get that love and that affirmation, and also in your relationship with God, recognizing that He sees you and He knows you for who you are and the good that you've done. When you talk with your mom, I think it's okay to be honest with her and say, look, mom, I'm sorry for the way I reacted, but it comes from two places. First, it comes from the fact that you believing that that this is you, you, the giving uh, my brother the house is going to help him is not going to help him. Every time you try to help him, you just give him more ways to hurt himself. And it makes me angry and it makes me sad that you can't see that the things you do to try to help end up destroying him even more. And that breaks my heart. Secondly, it really hurts me that you can't acknowledge the good that I do and affirm me for the good that I do. And that really breaks my heart too. And I would love for you to get some help for that because it's, it's not helping your relationship with me and it's actually being destructive to your relationship with your son. And I would love to help you get help with that if you'd be willing to. That's what you can share with her. But in terms of the long-term impact for you, you need to realize that this is a situation that was broken long before you came on the scene uh, and your mom doesn't have a healthy sense of what it means to love somebody and that you want to lean into the healthy relationships that you have so that you can get that, including your relationship with God. Kathy, I wish I could give you more, uh, but we're at the end of our time. If there's more we can do to support you through this, don't hesitate to reach out to us at CatholicCounselors.com. And it goes for you listeners as well. If you are struggling with your own anger or being on the receiving end of an angry person, we are here to help. Learn more about the Pastoral Solutions Institute's pastoral telecounseling practice, where you can find healthy, faithful ways to deal with marriage, family, and personal struggles. More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchuk. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.